Hello and welcome to the Midas Touches. I'm your host Chris Tusa and this is Charlie Bradford. Day two of Royal Ascot. Wednesday, huge races on the card, including the Prince of Wales Stakes, where Bay Bridge is attempting to make it a perfect six out of six, which would be interesting for Sir Michael Stout, who obviously had Desert Crown, who was hugely impressive when winning the Derby a week and a half ago. Charlie, Wednesday, feeling confident? Well, I guess it slightly depends as to how Tuesday goes, how confident I'll be feeling because there's a, at least a couple of form lines that will tie into what I think about Wednesday, uh, which we can discuss later. But yeah, I, I guess it's probably not my favourite day of racing, but there's there's still a couple of bets that look interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a an amazing day's racing. We're currently recording on Monday night, so it's the eve of Royal Ascot. The sun's shining here in london nice gentle breeze blowing through the windows so if you can hear the planes flying over to twickenham don't be scared we are okay Um, but uh we've decided to to leave the curtains open today because it's quite depressing with them shut (laughs) um let's kick it off with the queen mary five furlongs love reigns another hype horse for wesley ward heads the market dramatized five to one katie content tens maria banwell tens all the time for the Royal Ascot Racing Club is 16s. And apart from that, the 18 to 1. Um, I don't know where you are here, but uh, maybe we'll pick up a few of the uh, the lower runners if you fancy one. Yeah, well, first on the favourite, Love Reigns, uh, I saw something today actually that he had run a quicker time over five and a half furlongs than Golden Powell had at the same course only two weeks later. So he's he's clearly all speed and... Wesley Ward's ones should always be feared. Um, I may look a bit further down the market, however. I like Maria Bramwell. I think yeah. there's some good form tied in there with a horse called Crispy Cat, who uh, I know we're both sweet on Blackbeard for the first day. So if that all goes well, uh, that form could look quite interesting. Um, Maria Bramwell beat Crispy Cat in a, a listed race at Sandown last time out. So if that goes to plan, then she could definitely be of interest. Um Another one even further down the, the market that I like, and I can't understand the, the massive drift that's going on, uh, is Yarsat, uh, who's, who was last seen running second, uh, next second to Pillow Talk, who I think is a very good horse for Clipper Logistics, and, uh, and Carl Burke as well, who trains this, uh, Yarsat too. Um, on debut, it was one of the sort of first real two-year-old performances that took the eye um, in Power Dress, winning at Newmarket. Power Dress hasn't been seen since, but that um, performance was very highly regarded. So I think Yarsat could also be interesting, but it's, uh, it's certainly an open contest. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Uh, I think it is open 
I initially was taken by Omni Queen's debut when beating Animaha, who was meant to be uh, quite a, a strong breeze up horse. However, in the next race, the third place finish in that race was a, a horse called Immortal Beauty, who then ran uh, against a horse called Malency, who comes in here, tipped up by Nick Bell when we had him on for the for the week's preview. And I think with that form line. Um, Clearly, the Bells know where Annie Mayher is. She's not running this week. Malency comes in here uh, with, I think, a pretty good chance in a in a race with lots of unexposed types. So yeah, for me, it's going to be Malency each way at about twenty-two to one. Nice. Let's move on then to the three hundred five, the Queen's mm. Vase, where for me, I'm not really sure I want to have a big bet here. Eldar Eldarov uh, is a horse I've always had an eye on. Uh, but, you know, stepping up in trip quite significantly from from one mile two to one mile six, there's a big unknown there. Nahini uh, heads the market at the moment, nine to two for the Appleby Buick combo. Uh, was unlucky, I think, got very hot and, and upset by the fireworks at Epsom, which was a big talking point after the race. Hafit 13 to two, Anchorage eights, Baltic Birds tens, um, Al Karim 11s. Do you have a strong fancy here or, or are we um, just moving on? Well, I actually wanted to just talk about the race itself first. The Queen's Vase is obviously a group two now over one mile six. It used to be um, a listed race over two miles. It, it then got it then got the well, it got changed both in distance and also grade. And was then won by Stradivarius and Kew Gardens. So obviously two very talented, proven group one performers. Since then, however, it's really took a dip in the form. Um the last three winners uh, of, of this race have amassed three subsequent wins between them from 25 runs following this race, which is pretty shocking. And I would go as far as to say that this year's renewal looks just as poor, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Godolphin chuck a couple of darts at this one. I would, yeah, agree with you on Eldar Eldarov. I think um, definitely interesting as, as a sort of unexposed horse and that um, novice event at Newcastle that he won. Uh, was a very hot contest there's been winners down to ninth um, place coming out of that one um, so yeah I, I I could see it you know being a race to take a punt on potential though I don't usually go for that angle um, but yeah Eldor Eldorov makes some appeal for me yeah I think if I were to have to uh, you know if I had a gun to my head maybe I'd go for Nahani just because of that uh, run which had good form with Grand Alliance United Nations and, and Zane Sarinda coming out of it at Epsom in the blue ribbon but um yeah admittedly you'd have to sort of be killing me for me to actually tip that up so uh I think we can just leave that one there and move on to the 340 on the day which is the Prince of Wales stakes Bay Bridge as I mentioned before 11 to 8 a hot favorite Shirai 7 to 2 for the Japanese uh State of Rest 11 to 2 Lord North the winner in 2020, seven to one, and Grand Glory coming in here at 17 to two. High quality field, big group one. I remember being there back in 2019 when there was the ding dong battle between Crystal Ocean and, and Magical for Aidan O'Brien. I was on the loser that day, which was tough. Hopefully, we'll be able to find the winner here. Who is it? Uh, well, well, I want to just start off by saying, uh, and this was something we talked about with Asheen when he came on the podcast um, yesterday for the big preview. Uh, I, I can't understand, I agree with him, I can't understand the markets here. 
yes, Bray Bridge is a horse with massive potential, but he's a near enough evens favourite uh, against four horses that have nine group ones between them. Now, the key to this may be that uh, of those nine group ones, only one of them is a domestic group one. That was Lord North's victory in this race uh, back in 2020. Um, but even still, he's going up against some quality performers and you're basically getting about a price about the rest of them um, to, to go and beat him. So, yeah, I would look to try and look somewhere else. I guess the difficulty is perhaps who to pick because, you know, there's not much in it between all of them, really, on, on the known form. Um, I would also say, quite interestingly, there's a there's a lot of similarities between Baybridge and Lord North, uh, sort of when Lord North won this back in 2020 because Lord North had obviously come from handicaps much like Baybridge uh, did last year, uh, then had a prep run in the Brigadier Gerard where... Uh, he wasn't favourite, much like Baybridge was not favourite. Mostadaf was favourite for that race this year, um, and so there were there are definitely similarities. But Lord North went off five to one for this race in 2020. Baybridge, you're getting eleven to eight. There's just no value about it. So I probably would look away um, from the favourite, and uh, I will probably side with a horse I've been talking about there, Lord North. Um, he's a proven Group One winner, and he's won over the course and distance. Uh, and at eight to one, I think he's a massive price. Frankly, um, he, yeah, will like it round Ascot, and um, obviously we know how sort of dangerous Frankie Dottori and John Gosden can be as a, as a partnership uh, at this course. So yeah, I'll, I'll take Lord North here to beat the the, the strong favourite. Yeah, I think I'll be siding with you here. Actually, I think for all the Japanese horses, clearly very talented. Uh, Kristen Demuro isn't necessarily going to be the best riding around the one mile two furlong course at Ascot, whereas Frankie de Tori we know is the king of Ascot. And drawing back to a point that Asheen Murphy said when we asked him how uh, relevant course form is, he said, yes, course form is relevant, but it's also more importantly about the jockey that's on board on the day. Lord North has course and distance form having won this race, which is even more you know, it strengthens his profile even more. I think the form he's had uh, over the last few runs behind the likes of Alan Kerr, clearly winning that race out in Maidan as well, the Dubai Turf, is another boost. I think they can get this one ready on the right day. And this is clearly the target. He's got his favoured ground. Um, I think Lord North at 7-1, to one, you know, two points bigger than he was when he won it uh, back in 2020, I think. You know that that definitely strikes as a bit of value there mm. in the uh, in the big one on Wednesday. Yeah, and it's also it's important to mention that it's not like he's done anything to damage his profile since winning it. You know, he's won two um, to buy turf, so like you know he's he's still a very very good horse. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Anyway, for the sake of brevity, let's move on to the four twenty, the Duke of Cambridge, which I think strikes to be one of the more exciting races of the week. I was actually disappointed that Cheveley Park took out lights on and Agreed. and favoured the Queen Anne because I think um, she would have had a good chance in here. Is that sorry? Is that not a sign in itself though? That's the way well, I read it. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Sorry, go ahead. Exactly. And I think that um, they must be pretty confident about the chances of Bashkarova, who was very impressive when winning at Epsom, beating her, um, you know, horse over the same ownership popped over. However, Popopova. <laughs> Potter Pova doesn't have the I don't think she's got the strongest form in the book and she was also beaten in that race at Sandown last year 
the Atlanta Stakes by Saffron mm. Beach. Mm. So Saffron Beach, I think, does come in with the best form here. But, you know, she's not... It's, it's, it's a difficult one. She comes in here. She's not run since late March. So it's difficult to say whether she's going to be uh, flying. Bash Karova, clearly, uh, with that run at Epsom only a, a few days ago, is going to be fit for the race. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a toss-up between those two for me. Mm. I think it's also worth mentioning on Saffron Beach that she did all her winning late on last season. Um, she had a great end to the campaign, winning the Sun Chariot and then... Uh, another race which i forget but uh so she finished off really well but whether she's going to be sort of at that same point at this time of the season is is it remains to be seen um so yeah i'd like to take bashkarova who i know did run quite recently obviously i was there at epsom but she looked really impressive at epsom and and sort of never looked like losing that race uh and they also punted her as though she wasn't going to lose the race so i think they're quite strong on her and and yeah marginal preference for her yeah um, I think given the prices at the moment with Saffron Breach, half the price of Baskarova, I'd be happy to join you there. I think um, for all that Mother Earth is a very, you know, high class and, and reasonably consistent horse, um, I would rather be backing Baskarova at five to one, bit of an each way shot to nothing than than taking on the, uh, than bringing, you know, backing the favourite there. Um, 420 covered we've done four races so far the five o'clock the hunt cup proper minefield this um i had one that i th- actually do quite fancy which is symbolize um for andrew balding and harry davies Ashin's comment was quite interesting yeah. though he didn't really think this one would be up to winning an ascot race but comes in here you know reasonably um well touted has had some good form the last three times behind aldari who Charlie would have thought would have had a good chance in the Queen Anne. Um, Harry Davies is clearly the the claimer of the season so far. Um, so symbolise, I think, just throwing a dart at the board would be one that I, I wouldn't mind being on the side of. But to be honest, with there being up to 30 runners in the field, it's, it, it's difficult to have a, com- a, a strong conviction here. Yeah. I just add to that. I mean, I I think I like the symbolised angle. Uh, I would add that uh, the other day I heard um, my dad was on course in Nottingham and he said that uh, Will Buick got off dark shift that day uh, when he won at Nottingham and said this guy, this one has a real life chance for the, for the Royal Hunt Cup. So that that was definitely interesting. I think one thing that's probably gone against him here is the draw. Uh, he's drawn in 15 for this, which uh, is definitely not a good draw. Uh you for those of you who sort of are looking for alternatives i think you either well actually real world last year came from stool four but uh traditionally it's been the high draws that have done better and symbolizes one of those so uh in 29 i think so uh yeah maybe worth looking at those high draws if you are going for it for a bet in this yeah i think the last thing that i would like to flag up is uh in this race looking at the jockey bookings um one that bolted up last time at Epsom was totally charming for George Bowie. Uh, George has managed to book Frankie de Tory to ride here, which is seriously taken given that Magical Morning comes in here for John Gosden as well. I don't know if you think that maybe they've got Benoit de la Sette on because they think that's a good thing, but I think that is pretty taking having Frankie booked, uh, booked to ride for, for George Bowie there. Um, so yeah definitely watch out for market movement on that one 
on Wednesday afternoon. That's the five o'clock. Um, 5.35, the Windsor Castle. Little Big Bear heads the market 11 to 4. Far Shot 7s, Bolt Action 8s, Chateau, who we had a word from, uh, Oshin 10s, Carsib 12s, Seismic Spirit for Wesley Ward 12s, 14 to 1 bar. Uh, you like the favourite here? Uh, I think I do. I think he, I think she, he, sorry, he is the good horse in the race, actually. Um, I was sort of looking up and down this race for quite a long time, thinking, well, like, who am I going to go for? How, how can I work this one out? And I just land on the favourite, and I don't. I don't usually like to do that in these big fields. I really want to find a bit of value, but I think Little Big Bear brings forms in uh, form into this race that sort of the others really can't compete with. Uh, his win at Nace last time out was against uh, Alexis Zorba, uh, who finished in second, three lengths behind that day. Uh, Alexis Zorba goes to the Group Two Norfolk this week. Um, and so you know he's he's clearly a, a horse that's held in high regard um if you look at the rprs which can be a useful indication with these two-year-olds um uh little big bear recorded an rpr that was six points better than the next best performance in this field uh which was actually his debut performance at the cara um which was shorthead second behind tough talk uh who went off even's favorite for the group three marble hill stakes the the next time out um, and that performance in itself is still six points better on racing post ratings than the highest RPR recorded by an opponent in this field, which is actually Chateau, um, who, who uh, recorded that at Beverly. So essentially what's that, what that's saying is on the racing post ratings, at least, this horse is well clear of the rest of this field. Um, now, of course, you can't take that sort of just as gospel, but it, it's certainly a good indicator that this horse could be just a bit above the rest. And I think just sort of as a final point he's probably not going to to the norfolk because um ballydoyle have the antarctic in that race and they clearly think a lot of that horse so i think they're spreading out their horses they're they're making sure they've got a winner in each race or you know what they think is a winner in each race and um i think they definitely think that about little big bear for here so yeah i i like little big bear in this one yeah i think it's always quite taking to only see one Bally Doyle horse entered up in these races as well. So Little Big Bear clearly coming with a, a very strong chance there. 6-10, the final race on Wednesday, the Kensington Palace Stakes. Hazia 9-2 for Joseph Patrick O'Brien. A lot of support for that one in the market so far. White Moonlight 13-2. Mobadra, Roger Varian 9-1. Improvised 10-1. Isola Rossa. 10 to 1, Fion 12, soft, soft, soft Whisper 12s, and uh, we'll leave the market there for now. Have you got an angle in this one? I must admit, by this point of my sort of review or preview of the racing, my, my brain was hurting a bit. So I've sort of left this one, but if you have anything, uh, anything of interest, then definitely let the listeners know. Well, one that's a reserve at the moment uh, is, is Soft Whisper who was one that I backed last time at Ascot, who was uh, hardy when when winning over the mile here. Uh, four pounds higher today is still below uh, his winning mark, not the last day, but the time before that, when under Frankie Dettori. This time he'll be uh, ridden by Ray Dawson, who I think is, is really a jockey on the up. He had a great season last year 
Uh, so I'd love to see Soft Whisper run well, but clearly Hazier is attracting a lot of support uh, and Joseph Patrick O'Brien does know what he's doing these days when he does want to line one up. The only thing is the jockey there, uh, I doubt would have had many rides at Ascot. So you can't necessarily have all your eggs in that basket. It's a difficult race closing out the um, the final day on the Wednesday. So I'd probably advise keeping your cards uh, close to your chest and maybe holding on to your chips until the, uh, the Thursday. Uh, that caps off a fantastic uh, day of racing on the Wednesday. Strongest bet of the day. I, I'm going to go for the last one we spoke about uh, or the last one I spoke about in Little Big Bear. Um, probably dangerous stepping one up in the, or having your strongest bet of the day in a, in a juvenile race, but I do think this one's a bit of a cut above the rest. So yeah, I'll have Little Big Bear as my nap for the day. That's nice. Uh, I'll take Lord North then in the big one, the Prince of Wales. Might have egg on my face. Yeah, come, if Baybridge goes and sort of dots up. We, come we Thursday. But uh, I, I do think Lord North, having been there and done that, John and Thady really do know how to get these horses ready. Mm. And uh, there's nothing in the form that suggests that he's, they're also he's go- not trained. They're also going really well at the moment as well. They're having a lot of winners. They're, they're striking at around 30, 39%, I think I saw. Like, that's incredible form going into Ascot. When you consider Aidan O'Brien's only had two winners in sort of 22 runners in the last 14 days. And admittedly probably keeps his power to drive for, for Ascot, but at this time of the season but yeah I, I think they're they're in good form so definitely they're they're ones to watch for for the for the festival awesome well that ties things up good luck hopefully things have gone well on the uh the tuesday as well uh we just want to give a quick shout out as well um to lunify who uh we do a, we do a column for them uh Oh, it's called Triss's Corner. Uh, it's on Discord, uh, so we can put the we can put the link in in the description for this one. But definitely go check it out. We put it on our best bets there. Um, sort of usually a weekend column, but obviously given it's Royal Ascot, we're doing it daily at the moment. So uh, check it out for if you want a quick sort of summary of our best bets. Yeah, perfect. That ties up the action. Another great day's racing on the cards. Uh, we'll be back with Thursday's preview so please do look out for that good luck as always but for now goodbye from me Tris goodbye from me Charlie see you tomorrow bye bye